Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuck Report. Feeling classy tonight. I'm sipping on the herb and over here. Fly me to the moon. That's right, you got a nice in the brain. What is that on here? Creeping in. 400 pound tested. Doctor Father himself. Joshua, what's up, brother? What is happening, Leland, my man? Fly me to the moon. Let That's me right. gaze among your jugs. Whoa. Okay. I mean, we're on video now. You can see, you can see whatever you want. Is that all you want to see? Jupiter and Mars. I'm feeling good, man. I am rocking this bourbon on ice. That is it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing yeah. fancy about what I'm doing tonight. It's got me there. Mine's it's super me fancy. Feeling a little bit of the, the bubbly within my veins, baby. Every time I have a drink, it just makes me feel so good and so sweet. What are you drinking, man? Dude, a truly, I'm talking a mango lemonade, 5% alcohol. That is not all you're drinking. Tell well, our fans what you're drinking. You, What were you slamming hey, before we got on air? Tito's, my man. I'm talking distilled vodka. Let me tell you something. I go to the bar. I say, hey, sugar tits, I'm going to need myself a nice Tito's. <laughs> I, 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 nothing fancy, maybe a little bit of the lime in there. Forget about it. Bring it to me. You know what I thought of when you, when you said that, when you walk in the bar, sugar tits, the first thing I thought of was Katy Perry in the California Girls video where she has, like, the whipped oh. cream. <laughs> you just walk in the bar, they just have the whipped cream, bro. Oh, man, California. California dreams. That's right. California I'm feeling a little throwback tonight. How about you? Oh, dude, you know I'm always down for a throwback. Constantly. Like, I think your brain is a constant throwback. With that said, tonight, folks, we got a little different of a format going on here. This is this is something that just kind of popped in the dog father's head here, and uh, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good. I'm gonna take a little look back on what we call the 1980s. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. I'm talking 1999, 1991. That's two years after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking the decade you just plugged. Don't- about two years after his fight. <laughs> remember when you s- <laughs> remember remember earlier when you plugged <laughs> when you brought me in with that beautiful intro of 1980s and then bam I just hit you with three years later oh yeah oh man oh yeah really <laughs> Dude, dude, 80s is 80s is my favorite era of everything. I'm talking movies. I'm talking wrestling. I'm talking everything. Fashion, cars, bars, Fashion. cigars. 80, 80s worth. Dude, if you're rocking down the street, bro, you're basically living in Stranger Things. That's how I picture it, 80s were. Because every okay, time yeah. anybody think about this, every time you jump back to the 80s, what is it? You got Macho Man Randy Savage on top of the world. You got every Hulk time. Hogan on top of the world. Hogan. That's yep. that's the inter- entertainment world, okay? But then everybody you else got Flair, like, yeah, you, got Flair give, give, you, you got Flair. You got Flair. You got Flair. You got Flair. Then at the same time, you got people going back in time in a DeLorean. You got people fighting aliens and Terminators. I mean, you got all this stuff. And I'm guessing that's just how the 80s were. Am I, am I wrong here? Is, was no is is Hulkamania the 80s? Oh, uh, it depends on, I think it depends on where you grew up. It, yeah, that's exactly what it depends on. It depends on your influences when you grew up. Because I would say that you have 
two 1980s. You have that uh, Hulkamania 1980s, which, you know, I, I will admit I was a part of. I was a kid in the 80s. I was all about Hulkamania. And then if you go that that generation just above me, then it was probably the, the flair. It was the flair era for him because they had, you know, styling and profile and all that stuff started around 83, 84. So Four Horsemen. Well, that's when you first dropped that there. promo. That's when you first dropped mm-hmm. that promo. That's Definitely right, man. 100%. Was it 80, 83 Starcade is when he took the belt, the in, the 10 pounds of gold from uh, Harley Race. Do you think that the best... Okay, when you think wrestling, is 80s mm-hmm. not like the first thing that comes to your mind, though? Like It does, you think, it does but you think I think wrestling. it's because I was a kid during that. Right. Go ahead. I, I just stepped on your dog. No, you you're good. No, oh, slamming oh. Tito's over there. Slamming Tito's off now. Now, now you're looking now you at me it. like I just walked in. I took your guma from you, which uh, is Italian for girlfriend. Italian for girlfriend. You know, it's a whole thing. You know what else is Italian? Oblate du fromage. Mm. That's, that's cheese omelet. But let me tell you nothing. What's not cheesy? <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about Macho Man Randy Savage, 1986. Mm-hmm. No. What, I, what I'm saying though is like when you think back to the to the 80s, what do you think of? You think of freaking Hulk yeah. Hogan, brother. But for me, ripping the shirt. Yep. I don't really think Ric Flair. I know that sounds crazy, but for me, so you're too young. 80s. Man. We're both yeah, we're I both know. too young for that. That's true. Do you do you think he was a bigger influencer in the 70s or the 80s? I'm talking Flair right now. Flair, a- a- 80s, 80s. Because honestly, you know. And I, we've talked about it a little bit on the on the show, especially on those, those episodes when we were going through the eras of wrestling. Um, as a kid, for me, Flair wasn't. I, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't see the you know what I see now in Flair. It probably took me being in my twenties before I looked back and I understood wrestling a little differently, I guess, and, and realized, wow, Flair really is the man. Like no shit, he really is the man. And then you go back and watch that stuff, and you have a d- different appreciation for it. Because let's face it, you know, ten-year-old Leland could have gave a shit about Iron Man matches going, you know, going to Broadway, going sixty minutes. Not at all. No, but back when I was, well, I take that back. I mean, keep in mind, I started watching during the Ruthless Aggression era, but like the Hell in a Cell match between Batista and Triple H, as the first one Triple H ever lost, I was all for that match. I was actually for the long mm-hmm. ones. Like the Royal Rumble, I live for that every year. Yeah, it's the best pay-per-view. The one the best pay-per-view the WWE does for sure. What is it you look back on the eighties and long for? Like when, when it's that nostalgia factor. What and boy, I really I really pronunciated that word. Nostalgia. I don't even know where that came from. Was yes. That yes, indubitably the bourbon starting to get to. Yes. What I, I really took- I have taken three to four drinks, heavy drinks, of my bourbon, and now I am intoxicated to a level that is indubitable of me. When I think 80s, okay, the reason why I throw back so much, what just, what what, what makes me think of it so much, is just mm-hmm. what I take away is the freaking, when the, the superpowers, man, with the ultra powers, bro, when, the, when they came yeah. together. That would that that to me is a definition of wrestling from the eighties, and what I miss from today to answer your question is mm-hmm. just the 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 energy, the promos, 
everything about it because back then kayfabe was still a thing nowadays it's not it is what it is but True. i miss yeah. that aspect when you, you when you see a guy coming out and you see everybody in the crowd going my god that guy's a giant and then you see somebody mm-hmm. else go my god that dude's fallen from the rafters it, any way that you see it it's just that's what i miss because nowadays it's like Especially right now with COVID going on. That's why it's so hard to even mm-hmm. watch wrestling right now. I mean, you have all Dude, this like cinematic bullshit. I mean, it's just like blah, blah. We're, I miss that they're they're going away from wrestling. That's that's what I miss. You know what I miss about wrestling back in the 80s? The wrestling. Wrestling. That's know. what I miss. Man, I can't disagree with you. You know, I love, I love the turnbuckle. I love doing the show. But you're so right. Like this, no crowd wrestling is—it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's tough to be a fan. You real—I feel like, you know, on a weekly basis, you're almost kind of mining for gold, you know. And we get it. Don't get me wrong. We get it. I, I'm still very entertained um, by certain wrestling groups that won't be named AEW. But you know, I watch like anything on Mondays and on Fridays, and I'm 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 like I'm digging here. I'm trying to find something to entertain me, and it. I just, it's just this no crowd thing. It's just, it's just literally jumped up and bit the WWE in the ass. So that's the whole thing, though. I mean, AEW is kind of more of that 80s, 90s, early 2000s feel. I think that's why we're so much more entertained. And what I like about AEW, especially right now, WWE, after WrestleMania, when they had the Undertaker's match, they completely switched gears. And now they're going cinematic, everything, all these dramatic scenes. AEW, on the other hand, is staying strong, and they're staying with that same format, the wrestling format, and AEW right now is on such a farther level than WWE for me that Raw and SmackDown and NXT, fuck, if that was ever really watchable, but they're so hard for me to even watch right now that AEW is pretty much the only thing that I'm watching through. I mean, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, it's like AEW is the only wrestling product right now that I get excited for weekly. Exactly. Like I look forward to Wednesdays in Colorado at six o'clock. I look forward to that time, and I'm watching it live. I'm only watching it live because I, I can't wait for it to be recorded. Now right. you know, and you know me, Josh. I watch just about any everything on uh, it's either recorded or streamed because I hate commercials. You right. know, I, I just I freaking hate them. But AEW, I don't give a shit. I want to watch it. I can't wait that two hours. I got to watch that shit live. I mean, you know, we we were freaking texting the whole time. Oh yeah. I just love it. And maybe it's that 80s thing. Because if you think, if you go back specifically this last Wednesday, the promo that MJF cut, the what I like to refer to as the, uh, the Trump promo, because I think he tapped into a hatred that America's got right now. Oh, man, do I think he hit a nerve. He stood up there with that smug and that arrogance, standing on that political campaign style of promo, MJF 2020. That was reminiscent to me of some of the things we saw in the 80s. Uh, you go back to the emotion that was pulled out of Hogan when uh, when Andre ripped his cross off. It goes back to the hard times of Dusty Rhodes, uh, the, the the styling and profiling of Ric Flair and the Hor- Four Horsemen, you know, bragging about their sexcapades on the weekend. Didn't that tap into that same feeling for you? That's exactly why you like it so much. Is because you're missing wrestling. You're missing 80s. You're missing the kayfabe. You're missing that heel that everybody actually hates. And it, it's an art that's lost today. 
It, it seriously is. MJF is on another level from everybody else. There's no hill in the industry that even compares mm-hmm. to him, and that's because he keeps mm-hmm. that 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 aspect that that the real factor of man. The crowd's really going to hate him, and he loves it. Well, you're absolutely right because I don't know. I really think he's a son of a bitch. Like I really don't know at this point. Like he keeps kayfabe so well that I I don't I don't freaking know. I think he's almost a method actor. Think, think about it. In the eighties, in got the eighties and nineties, to be a successful wrestler, you had to be a method actor, and that's what made them so successful. Yeah, they, the they were they were all like they were all like your Jim Carrey's and your Robert Downey Juniors, where they got into that character. And that's who they lived. Anybody that talks about Macho Man Randy Savage will tell you that Machi, Macho Man Randy Savage was fucking Macho Man Randy Randy Savage 24 7, 365. Yeah. Never shut it off. MJF is the only person in the industry right now, the only person that is still doing that. He is a motherfucker. If you see him out on the street, mm-hmm. or if you see him on TV, or if you see him for uh, autograph, he will tell you to your face. Suck a fatty. And he doesn't mm-hmm. care. And he loves that. And that's what gives him so much hate. He's the best in the industry, arguably one of the best of all time. No, you're absolutely right. I'm sitting here, I'm sipping on my drink while you're talking here because you're, you're preaching, baby. I mean, you're bringing it. And let me tie back to something here. That promo tapped in. This is, this is one of the creative things that AEW is doing, and I don't even know. I guarantee they didn't know this when they created it, but it just... It, it, it's so good. Let me let me explain myself. MJF. Now, let me back up even further. I have to point out a flaw in the WWE. What happens after a big blow-off pay-per-view? Uh, you have an angle that blows off. It's been building, you know, since the last pay-per-view. Whatever it is. You have the blow-off match. And then sometimes right after that match you'll have the next contender for the, whatever title that is come down and challenge the champion, right? Right. And, and we don't really know where this this challenge come from. We don't really know why, but they'll make their challenge, and then in the weeks to come, we'll find out why this person made its challenge. Probably because they were, they've were they been beat down and held back and bah, 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 bah. Same dance it's always been, right? Mm-hmm. We hear MJF's promo... And it is good enough to stand on its own where you even think he deserves a title shot because of how well he's delivering a promo. Holy shit. You want John Moxley to go knock his freaking teeth out, right? Right. Well, what happened the whole time? You start looking back because JR, because I give it I've given credit because of Taz, because of Scaboni. You look back at these guys and what are they doing? They're putting it over saying, Well, folks, don't forget this is your number one contender. That's where that first decision that AEW made this time last year. Actually, for before that, they made the decision that that they're going to have a ranking system, that they're going to have a contendership, they're going to a real one. They're going to they're going to count wins and losses. That's where that relevancy, boy, big word for much drinking I'm doing, has come into play, right? Because 100%. now not MJ MJF's not just calling you out. Now MJF is saying, "I'm not only the number one contender, you can't run from me. I can tell you to, to go to go eat a fat one, and you have to because I'm the number one contender. You can't run from me. Mm-hmm. It's fucking beautiful. It is. That's the whole new aspect that AEW brought to the wrestling game that we had actually never seen before. No one's really seen that kind of win-loss record except for a little bit in Impact when they were doing that UFC crossover shit. 
but mm-hmm. it wasn't to this extent at all. Like, AEW was legitimately like, hey, we're going to have all of our matches make sense. Our people that are on the rise will actually have to make sense, and they're going to all be mm-hmm. accountable for it. And what that does, actually, on an aspect that not many people actually look at, is that that actually puts accountability on creative. Because if creative is going to come up with this idea, it's up to creative to make this thing make sense. So to, for them to keep this relevant, they're going to have to make sure every match is making sense the whole way through in the whole grand scheme of things. Because have a win-loss mm-hmm. record isn't like a little angle. That's a big-time no. angle. So you got to yeah. keep that that's the thinking entire years way down through. the road. It is. And that's the main difference between AEW and WWE right now because WWE has no accountability. They can do some bullshit just what some bullshit angle that nobody cares about and then 2 weeks from then they'll say who cares. And a prime example of that was the Mongol. Yeah. The Mongol where mm-hmm. they had the the dude that was on there for 3 weeks, 4 weeks or however long it was and that went nowhere. That angle went nowhere, and they said, whatever, on to the next. AEW doesn't do that. Have you seen any throwaway episodes in the whole year AEW's been on? Have you seen any throwaway episodes? Not at all. Everything's meant something. Everything's had legs. Everything has, has, you know, had some meat on the bone. (sighs) Let me, okay. AEW is clearly rattling some cages in the WWE right now, clearly. And I'm going to, I'm going to prove to you why. Now, when AEW came onto the scene, they made a lot of off color, um, you know, remarks. Cody Rhodes would get out there and say the other side, he debuted what double or nothing 2019 with smashing the throne. Right. I mean, you remember all this mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of like, Oh no, you don't want to go prod the beast. You don't want to go in there and start, you know, picking on the WWE because this shit's going to blow up in your face. Well, you know what? Everybody that said that can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned. Because now, if you go back to the fucking bar fight with Sheamus and Mm -hmm. Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy bit back. I know you heard it. I know you heard him say the comment about his brother having to switch teams to go get his career accomplished. Right? Mm -hmm. Here's what's significant about that, Josh, and you know this. Come on. That bar fight, which is fucking stupid. That bar fight was recorded. It was taped. Completely taped. Edited. Just like the cinematic ones. Mm -hmm. They still allowed that line to come through on screen. Which tells me they're fucking scared. I know they are. 100%. I knew that when Triple H in the ring at the Hall of Fame ceremony or whenever that was. Yep. Yep. When he said, we're going to buy a little piss ant company, blah, blah, blah. That was going to come back to bite him in the ass. Because he underestimated AEW 100%. And I know he's not mm-hmm. the only one in the And the following it was going to have. That's what he underestimated was the fucking following. He 100% underestimated the following. The following of AEW is what's going to fuck WWE. And what created that following was fucking WWE. WWE shitting on AEW is exactly why WCW failed. The night that WCW said, oh, they're pre-recorded, and by the way, so-and-so's gonna win. Anyways, don't switch the channel. Mm-hmm. What did that do? Made everybody jump ship. And what happened? Triple H said, I'm gonna buy a little piss out of the company. What he did saying that had the people in the back of his mind that have no clue what AEW even is go, mm-hmm. hmm, what's he talking about? And the people that do know about it go, well, we are going to watch that now to see. So what he did, mm-hmm. Triple H exactly. dug the hole that they're being buried in right now. You know what's ironic about that is he broke the rule that he lives by. 
Vince McMahon has said, I don't know how many times, is, you know, we didn't acknowledge what was happening in WCW during the Monday Night Wars because we were too fixated on what we were doing at the time. That's the key to the game, is you've got to focus on what you're doing. The pro, the, the world of pro wrestling is so uh, delicate, you know, to, to be able to, to make money at this thing, to pay good talent, to keep the talent happy, to keep your sponsorship happy, to be on TV. It's such a delicate balance that you don't have time to go shit on the other company, right? So that can't be your focus in creative, meeting, in creative meetings. I don't really think AEW has spent time in creative meetings saying, how can we shit on WWE? I think those guys have got so caught up in the moment of the crowd, which we all miss, they get so they get so caught up in that, then that that stuff just comes out because it's more of a free, um, a, a free flowing creativity atmosphere. But in the WWE, that is not acceptable. No. So for that to get through, for a veteran that went through the Monday Night Wars, I mean, he, I know I know he got real popular at the end of it, but he went through the Monday Night Wars, uh, you know, with the TLC stuff and all and all this stuff. For Jeff Hardy to let that fall out of his mouth and then for the editing team and the creative team to let that continue on the screen, forget about it. Forget about it. They're falling into their own trap. Mm-hmm. 100%. They're falling into a trap that they set. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to be the end of the WWE. Think about this. Let's and back that's up such a, a bold bit. statement. It's so, hard. it's so hard for me to buy that. But we, are we on the verge of that? I mean, are we going to see the WWE in 10 years? I believe we are going to see the WWE in 10 years because they have enough financial backers. A prime example of that is the XFL. The Rock just bought that for $15 million. So he's keeping that, that afloat. And I think what's happening right now, behind the scenes, I think that Vince McMahon is going to people he can trust to invest in the company to help where he's losing money. So oh, I like thought it. the same thing. Exactly. So the, the, what I'm thinking... He called in a favor. He called in a favor. He's calling in a favor from The Rock. He's probably calling in a favor from other people as well, like John Cena, something like that. That, hey, I need some help. And I think that's what's going on. I think that's why The Rock bought the XFL. is Because right now, WWE, even with it being XFL, standalone thing, they can't have anything fail. It's crucial. I mean, but aren't they spinning their tires? Like, instead of worrying about the XFL, which, I, I mean, even when it debuted, people really didn't give a shit, buddy. I, I'm sorry, Vince. I mean, people didn't really give a shit. I watched maybe the first two weeks. How, how much did you watch? Zero. No, okay. I mean, that tells you right there. So, can The Rock turn this thing around and put his rock magic into it? Because he, he's like King Tut in Hollywood. Here's what's going to happen. I think he's going to put his face on it. And I think it's going to be like American Gladiator. You're going to get a lot of people watch the first couple episodes. And then after that, they're going to be like, eh, it's just American Gladiator. So, this has got legs for one season is what you're saying. <sighs> I hope it has more than that because it would be nice to see another another product. Because XFL takes place after the NFL season, so it would be nice to have football the whole way through. And another reason why I like that, this is completely off topic from wrestling on this aspect, but the reason why I like to watch college football more than the NFL is because the college players are competing for a spot in the NFL. And I feel like we'd see that Mm -hmm. same aspect from the XFL players saying, hey, I'm in the XFL, but look at me. I can be in the NFL. And I think that's what we're going to see from that. So I would really enjoy the XFL to take off, but I don't know if it will. I don't see it. I, I just I, I think that, like you said in the beginning of this rant, that Vince McMahon called in a favor. And, and wh- what does that say? If that's really true, if that's really what happened, what does that say? Vince McMahon's now having to call in favors? No, no. He's the godfather. He's uh-huh. the one that the people are calling him for the favors. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think what he needs to invest in is a mirror, and he'll find all of his issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, I miss the 80s. Fire era, bro. Fire era that led us into a better era that led us into a better era that led us into the best era that led us into the shithole we're in now. <laughs> you know what it also led us into? What? Whether you're here, whether you're babyface, you do you, baby. Yeah.